Hello and welcome to Better Than Mario Brothers, where each episode we delve deep into cinema sewer. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And returning to the podcast, welcome back the one and only inimitable Miss Helen McIntyre. Hiya. It's good to have you back, dude. Um, there was no way we were going to do this film without getting you on. Bearing in mind that I had never seen it, you you were constantly telling me that I should watch it. <laughs> so it just kind of had to happen. I mean, look, it's it's spooky season. We're kicking spooky season off right here and now. Uh, we kind of teased you a little bit last week, listeners. If you listen to our other pods, if you listen to us on SMPD last week, we did kind of, we gave you just the tip if you like, of our Halloween adventures. But we are going balls deep in blood from here on out for the rest of October, okay? We're going to kick off uh, what is going to be uh, three weeks of vampire-related content for Halloween with 2014's Dracula Untold. Or, as Helen likes to call it, (laughs) what Gaston did in the war. (laughs) (laughs) Makes both films better. Uh, Well, pretty easy to make this film better i'll be honest because it's fucking difficult <laughs> to make any worse <laughs> not gonna turn it off with that yet. not gonna bury the lead here listeners um i kind of <laughs> didn't know what to expect um because like yeah you, you've mentioned a few times Helen, that you know you, you have to take this with a pinch of salt and you have to meet it on its own terms and know what it is and that kind of thing and i was i was all in for doing that uh, <laughs> and i still fucking hated it i i, I <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this film is. I I don't understand what this is. <laughs> I, I don't neither, get it. Neither does the film, though. I mean, that's, that's the whole problem. That's the whole yeah. point. I, yeah. I think that was the problem, though. And I think that there was so there was also. I mean, Dracula is uh, as a as a character of public domain. It can be used in any in pretty much any form now. So that it's one of those. We've gone, we want to make this film. We want to make a bit of a uh, sort of the Middle Ages war film, but make it a bit different. So what can we do with it? We could make some sort of creature feature. Ah, oh, fucking, I'll just do Dracula because everybody knows Dracula. It'll sell itself. The problem with it then is that it's not it's not close enough to anything that we've that's that we know of Dracula, or of any other fucking genre. Right. See, yeah, I I totally agree. That that's the big problem is I'm going into this looking for a, like a Dracula origin story, which is what yeah. they promised me, and and I'm fine with that if it's like a historically accurate rendition of you know this is Vlad Tepes and this is what he did, right? Fine. What I wasn't expecting is Dracula the superhero, basically, which is <laughs> which is what well, we it's, get. It's Blade without the charm, isn't it? Yeah, he's like Captain yes. Dracula or yes. something. Um, I mean, I, I, and even in terms of charm, like in fairness, like Luke Evans is pretty fucking charismatic. Like you've got to you've got to try pretty hard to make him dull to watch. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's fair. Fucking dull in this. Um, yeah, it's, I think, yeah. One of the issues I think with it is that, like, I think everyone by now knows, like, the background history of Vlad Tepish, like, you know, the actual inspiration for Dracula, and everyone's aware of, like, oh, yeah, so he's actually kind of, like, a bit heroic in Romania because, you know, they had the whole thing with, like, the Ottomans and, you know, he sort of killed all these people and he scared them off because he was such a massive fucking badass. So I could understand them, like, thinking, oh, do you know, maybe we'll tap into that to to bring it in, you know, a sort of an additional element to the backstory of Dracula, you know, hence the, the, the untold part of the name. And on paper, 
like if if you break down the the beats of the plot it, it doesn't necessarily be bad it's just the execution as you said it, it the bit where he gets his vampire powers it's like he's fucking spider-man or something as he shoots all around the valley and he just like you know he's slamming his rock like they just can't it's, get it right musical number is what that bit needed it's it's unironically a twilight satire i feel it, it, it's just like somebody's looked at like those scenes in twilight where they're running around climbing up the trees and stuff like that and and there's even that point um about halfway through where um for some unknown reason he decides to reveal himself to it's not mina is it she's mina later on what's it what's her mm. character name Mar- is it marina, something marina it's it, yeah, like to the point where the second you hear a character name yeah, you marina. go oh okay so she's going to be reincarnated as mina that was no surprise spoilers um but there's even that point in the middle where it's almost mm. like it's directly ripped from twilight where he wakes up all of a sudden and his silver ring is burning him and she clocks that and then he puts his arm in the sunlight and that starts burning and despite the fact that there appears to only ever have been one other vampire in in the history of this world she instantly mm. knows what it is and it's but almost so like that, everybody else I, I know i know right and it's almost like that scene in twilight where you just want him to say go on you know what i am say it say it <laughs> <laughs> hang on <laughs> hang on this is just twilight for grown-ups now but with more blood and actually having had to watch twilight for one of our other shows um i think i even prefer twilight that's how damning that's how damning i feel about this film um now normally normally we would just kind of go through it beat by beat um but there's so little fucking story in this film like i mean we can we'll try yeah but I think it's I think it's it's quite difficult. So there's 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 not real there's not really a, a structure you can follow in terms of in terms of hitting points. It's just like oh right okay so there's just more of the same more of the same oh fuck brilliant more of the same yeah and it, it, the the biggest thing for me is and we'll, we'll I mean the, the Charles Dance for all is is quite disappointing because Charles Dance is always amazing. However. No, 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 th- no. Now, now you cannot, you cannot say that anymore. Now, can you? No, I, I was going to say. <laughs> however, that that ship has sailed because yeah. I think somebody told him he was playing fucking Gollum and forgot to do the motion capture with him. So you just get this fucking this head. I mean, I and think then that's oh. yeah, that's that's actually the most disappointing part of this film for me because when it starts and the first time you see him emerging from the darkness, they've got that great kind of. It almost looks like it's been ripped from The Exorcist when you see yeah. the shots of the demon in The Exorcist where he's got the pale white face and he's coming yeah. out of the pitch black. I thought, oh, okay, I like this creature design. He looks quite feral. This looks quite cool. But that's because you get like a split second of him. Yeah. When we actually get a whole scene with him later on, he looks fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, it's like they've put a, they've put him in a bodysuit, done his face and his, and his nails and gone, yeah, that'll do. No, we care. Yeah. And then they've gone, okay, um, what do we why did we get him? Oh, because he's Tywin Lannister, that's right. Um be Tywin Lannister really yeah. badly. Like, yeah. <laughs> that just kind of feels like what they've done. Just well that was that was Tywin the other thing. You you've got the impression Tywin. they've they've kind of sold it. No, it's, it's like they've gone, oh well, we've got Tywin Lannister, we've got fucking Rick on Stark, Thoros of fucking Mears in it. There we go, it's a Game of Thrones spin-off. Everyone'll love it. Great. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah, I mean, look, the 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 influence of Game of Thrones is clearly writ yeah. large. Yeah, I don't know what. I guess was the show around in 2014. I don't know yeah, when it started. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Then, so it's a thing. It's not even just a book series. Like the shows around as well. So that's yeah. that's pretty much writ large. But yeah, that like there's elements of that. There's elements of it being a superhero film. There's elements of it being some sort of take on a medieval war film. There's hmm. there are horrific elements, but they're just all kind of smashed together. And I 
I actually feel I've, I've done some research because this film confused me so fucking much as to what it was. I, I was like, how how does this ex- this is one of those films where you just look at it and go, how does this exist? Like, how is how did this possibly get past so many people that somebody went? Yes, that makes sense. That's a product that we should put out into the world. Yeah. And this like there's as much mythos behind this as there is behind Dracula. I've read about three different versions of how this film came into being, right? And there's one, which is the one I'm probably most inclined to believe, that actually says this was on the blacklist for a few years before it got picked up. Now, that suggests to me that there is a much, much better version of this film written down somewhere that never got made. And then when you snowball that into the is it or isn't it the start of Universal's Dark Monsters universe? Yeah. Which, again, stories say it wasn't supposed to be. And then Universal decided after it was finished that they were going to do it and shot that tag at the end. Yeah. And then decided, actually, no, we don't want to do that because it didn't perform very well. So then, you know, you're kind of thinking, well, maybe the filmmakers didn't get to make the film that they wanted. Maybe it's because, again, like I'm. You know, I'm I'm a champion of, of an 80, 90 minute film. I'm all over that. Like you can tell any decent story in 80 to 90 minutes. But this just feels horrendously truncated. Like yeah. there's, there's so much happening off screen that we really need to. And, and not in terms of like the essential stuff is there for what story there is. This this story, as slim as it is, does get told within 80 minutes. But we just can't relate to or at least I couldn't relate to any of these characters because I don't get any of the character beats and I think that's the essential thing that's missing here is the point is it's supposed to be Dracula becoming Dracula and especially if you want to show him being like a a hero um, of his people and then his sort of slow descent into becoming this this fiend that we know him to be then we we don't get any of that because we don't see him turn because as soon as he gets his powers, he uses them for good. And even Mm. at the end, he's still sort of a hero, despite the fact he's basically just wiped out an entire empire all because they stole his kid. Or Well, they didn't even steal his kid. They threatened to. Somebody literally just came up and said, right, I'm going to kick sand in your kid's face or something. And he went apeshit. Um, There is a much better version of this where he does all of that as a human and gets beaten and then in the third yeah. act has to go, yeah. okay, then. Yeah, this rather, is what it's going to take. Yeah, rather than have this whole thing about, ah, yeah, well, you're a vampire, but you're not really a vampire until you drink blood. Because even that doesn't make sense. No. Because it's like, well, he's trying to say, ah, but I won't turn into a vampire because I won't drink blood because I'm not evil. Hang on. You've just slaughtered. Like, the, have you seen the body count for this film? <laughs> like, because that's another thing I found. It's It's mental right and, and and it's like 99% of it is on Vlad so yeah. <laughs> you really mean to tell me that even accidentally he didn't get some blood in his mouth like that's just yeah because what like, is the is, isn't the body count like 110,000 or something like that it's, it's in the thousands yeah hang on I'll just call it so, back and, up, didn't, up isn't because, it like the, isn't like he, yeah. he slaughtered 10,000 of our men fine it would take 100,000 yeah, it's, it's absolutely like... ridiculous. Um, it, it's it's on here somewhere. Um, hold on, because I, I saw it earlier on, and I was like, I I cannot believe. Right, so the body count's not quite as high as as you said, Mark. But the on this is the on screen body count. Now, how somebody has counted this, I don't know. You are right; they do mention that there's like so many thousand. Yeah. But on screen, there is a count of five thousand six hundred and eighty-seven deaths, 
of which Vlad is responsible for 5,419 that we know of, that we see. I guess somebody <laughs> must have freeze-framed and like counted one of those garrisons that he just rips apart. Well, to be fair, that'd be more interesting than the fucking film. Uh, yeah, I mean, I actually thought the action sequences, for what it's worth, I think the action sequences are quite good. I think there is some good stuff on screen. I think the production design is quite good as well. It's just that there's no fucking story. What is there is all in the wrong order. The dialogue is appalling. The dialogue is dog. <laughs> it's, but, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, we're not... There's a, we're, there's, there's a good film in there that is, like, desperately wanted to emerge from the shadows and the weight of what is one of the most over cases of studio interference with with the script that you've seen because it's it's like you know how they sort of say if you're like in a group and you're doing something creative the whole way that the group functions is somebody suggests an idea and then somebody else goes yes and and they build on the idea this is that in film form because nobody said "Mm, mate that's a little bit silly what about if this happens instead like sometimes you need a strong voice to just say no Let's do this. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And we see that so much with the stuff that we look at on, on yeah. this pod. Um, I, I think it's just, it's exacerbated as well because it's a character that literally everyone over the age of about 10 knows of. Like everybody knows something about Dracula. Everybody knows what this character is going to become. So we don't have to get him there in this film. And I, I appreciate the fact that they clearly did think there was going to be another two or three. So we had yeah. time to get him there. But we at least need to see hints of that. The problem is there's there's not even a hint of any kind of darkness in Vlad at all, aside from the fact he seems to have a sort of penchant for skewering people. Like, other than that, he seems like a pretty stand-up guy and an all right ruler. So I'm just like, well, I, I, I I don't feel like there's any kind of threat of him actually becoming, like, essentially a supernatural rapist which is what Dracula is. Yeah. But there's, there's no even suggestion that he's going to get there. It's just like, well, I need this power to defeat my enemies yeah, because they're threatening my son. So that makes him a superhero, <laughs> not a monster, which is yeah. just bizarre, bizarre to me. But I mean, let's let's try and get into it because there's all sorts of things going to come out. Of this <laughs> I feel like we're we're already kicking the shit out of this film and we haven't even given it a fair shake yet. Um, so wait, because I've also got a defense of this film. <laughs> and, and I would expect no less. That's why you're here. <laughs> and, and, and this, this is the first time I've seen it. So for all I knew, I was going to come in and defend it as well. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are one or two things I like. It is one or two. Um, but there are one or two things I like. So, I mean, for a start, I've got like, I think the opening's really good. It's really atmospheric. Yeah. As well, and it gives us yeah. all of the historical information we need up front, which yeah. is fine. Right, because I got a rough idea about who Vlad Tepish is, but I don't know the actual incident. Now, how accurate this is, I don't know. Like, it might be mostly bullshit, but it gives me everything I need to know about this character. And again, is immediately at odds with the character we meet then, because we're yeah. led to believe that he's some vicious warlord that goes around skewering people and basically won the war single-handed. Yeah. And then we meet this really nice family man who doesn't seem to have a bad bone in his body and just wants to protect his people. It's like that doesn't seem right something's at odds here hmm. um but yeah that's okay um but then we get about a minute into the film proper before i'm looking at it going who the fuck is editing this because <laughs> all of the eye lines are wrong yeah. there's a cut every like four <laughs> seconds 
we literally jump all over the line of action. We're jumping yeah. like we jump behind Dracula's head at one point. I don't even know who thought it was a good idea to shoot behind his head. What what are you showing us? I don't understand. No, I mean, so, I, 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 I've said this quite a lot on, on the show. I, that's the type of thing I don't tend to pick up on. But even I was going, hang on, what the fuck is where where are we going now? What who's doing that? It's like somebody's there's like a fucking monkey hit it. No, hit a live action button. Go that camera, that camera, that camera. I want to know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, you're right. It's monkeys with typewriters, isn't it? They've shot. Actually, he's got. I'll go together. Don't worry about it. It's either that or the editor was off his meds. I don't know, but something is is clearly wrong. Yeah, with 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 the edit. not, that's not consistent though. That's the problem. Is that it doesn't happen all no. the way through. I I've got to be honest. Other than this first scene, I didn't really notice it again after that. No, but. But this first scene, there were, was... there were a couple later on which I thought they they lingered a bit, possibly half a second or so, too long in a shot. But they certainly yeah, didn't I mean, have I... the, fr- the frenetic jumping around we get in the first scene. I don't even mind that if we stay a bit too long and you give a shot room to breathe. I don't mm-hmm. mind that so much. But this just jumping all over the place, especially when you're jumping over the line and no one's eye line matches. Yeah, I was just like, what the fuck? Who's talking to who? What's going on? Where are we? I don't understand. Like I, I just don't where's understand. My, where's my guy in the cast with the squinty eye that's going to make this all better? <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and then, and then, as if to double down on that, bearing in mind the last time we were all together talking about a film, it was in the name of the king. Um, I, I then immediately thought one of the same things that I thought in the name of the at, at the point we're watching the name of the king again. And this must clearly be my issue. This is an issue I wasn't aware I had until we watched in the name of the king, and now this. But I clearly have an issue with the historical accuracy of facial hair, because, again, (laughs) the male grooming on offer is exceptional. I mean, it's no wonder they're fighting with the Turks, because they've probably kidnapped all the fucking barbers. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably offensive, wasn't it? I don't know. (laughs) We're like three years into the show. It's fine. People know us by now. People know what to expect from me by now. we're not number four in Turkey anyway, are we? So who cares? Uh, well, we, we might be after this. Who knows? We might be. Yeah. Uh, the amount of times I'm going to say Turkey in this podcast, we probably are. Uh, but yeah, again, the exceptional male grooming. It's, like, look, it's fine. I get it. But I don't think we had fades back then. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, I t- I t- actually, t- talking about the grooming, the, the, the one thing that did strike me with Dominic Cooper, because of all the fake tan as well, you could see the edges of the hair. It reminded me of the um, the, the the animation in, in um, Small Soldiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. the really sort of the really severe hair. Um, we're probably jumping over a little bit, but you've just yeah. mentioned Dominic Cooper, so let's get into that now because this is part of a wider discussion that we need to have. <laughs> what is up with the accents in this film? I don't, why are some people doing them and some aren't? And why? Because some people why... can, some can't, and nobody gave a fuck. I mean, nobody speaks in their native tongue. I don't think. At least I didn't clock anything. That there was are some. There are some exchanges in what is presumably some sort of medieval Turkish um, when they come to um, they come to Transylvania and they say they want they're, they're going to have their extra thousand boys and all the rest of it. So you do get a little bit oh, there. Now, yeah, there are. That, but that's that, Dracula talking in front of his family as well, isn't it? So I kind but of. All, went but also with... the Turks talking to him yeah. and that sort of stuff. So you do get but it I... there. The bit that fucked me off with that is that. Um, I had it through um, iTunes, and there's a bit of an issue with some iTunes properties. I think it's um, I can't remember who it is. I think there's the I think there's one studio that does it, but they they, they don't automatically put the captions on for the the, the other language bit. So right. I had to go back and put I had to go back turn the subtitles on, and then turn them off again. 
amazing. So that wasn't annoying at all. But no. luckily, again, it only happened for like two minutes. The rest of yeah. the film didn't bother. No, the rest of the film, they're just talking in whatever random accent they feel like talking in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, that, you're right. There, there is a scene where they're talking uh, about the boys and stuff. But that I don't think that bothered me so much because it made a bit of narrative sense. Because yes. it was like he was talking shop in front of his family, basically, and this yeah. stuff that he doesn't want his wife and child to hear. So I yeah. was like, OK, well, he's speaking in, in a language that he's fluent in because he was kind of brought up there. But they're not yeah. so... Maybe that was me reaching as well. No, that, I don't was, know. that was fine. I mean, that scene as well, so it, it, it does have a bit of function because you have the Chekhov's box of coins. Yeah, or, well, yeah. We'll, so, so anyway, that was, no, that, that, was, that was useful there as well. Who knew Dracula had a kryptonite, eh? Um, well, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this is a Superman tale, so we may as well go the whole hog. Um, so... Okay, so so then they go to the mountain, right? And we get we get very little actual explanation other than that's a mountain with a bad thing in it. So go and let's go and have a look, right? Now, at this point, this is the first point the film really grabs me though. I I fucking love 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 that shot of of the vampire initially coming out of the darkness and more yeah. running away from the cave, and I'm standing. All right, this is going to be fair enough. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be all right with this. However, I am also expecting that now this is probably the first and last time we're seeing that vampire until like the final twenty minutes of the film. Yeah, that's how I'm seeing this going. This is the idealized version of this film that I'm building in my head. Like he's been there, he's been scared, he knows there's something in the mountain that he doesn't understand. Yeah, and when he's at death's door, it's going to occur to him that actually. There's something I can go and unleash from that mounting. And then yeah. that's going right. That is, of course, not what we're going to get. But that's that's where I'm thinking it's going. And my hopes are slightly raised uh, at this point, which is on me. That was my mistake. I should have known better. Um, <laughs> because, I mean, I did know going in, despite the fact that I was expecting some sort of entertainment value out of it. And despite the fact his vampires and I've, I've got a soft spot for anything with vampires in. I did know that this was absolutely panned pretty much universally. So I should have expected no less, really. But, you know, that's that's where it was. Uh, and then, yeah, my next note, actually, um, in, in all in capital letters, just because we, we've just talked about accents, the worst of the worst. We mentioned Dominic Cooper, the worst of the worst. And thankfully, he's not in this film much. Paul Kane needs shooting like that. What the fuck? He's actually pretty good at accents normally. But normally, what the yeah. Like he's chewing this accent, it's absolutely disgraceful. Um, yeah, that that's the first point where I go. These accents are bad. Yeah. This is this is offensively bad, in fact. Um, so yeah, not great. Um, and it, and it's at this point then I'm starting to. It's at the point where he first had the conversation with Paul Game. We get a lot of the exposition laid out to us immediately. Like this is what's in the mountain. Yeah. This is what it is. I'm already thinking, OK, well, I can flush my hopes of 30 seconds ago down the toilet. Um, and, and I'm starting to think like that. And I'll stand by this as well. For everything I'm going to pile on this film now, I think it has not been helped by the fact that the last two things I've watched before it have been Midnight Mass, of which I will not give spoilers, and Gargoyles for SMPD. Hmm. Both of which are quite thematically similar to this uh, one. In t well, actually, both in terms of being monster stories, essentially. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I'm starting to think, OK, this this film is not going to get a fair shake here because it's like it's just never going to stand up to those two. But there are thematically hmm. similar elements and they're being laid I mean, out. I, to I don't think it's a, yeah, it's not really a spoiler to say that there is also a bit with a cave and something inside of the cave that appears yes. in Midnight Mass. Yeah. And that is 
much better. Yeah, I, but but even then, again, be careful about spoilers. But as I talk about what I wanted from this film and what how I wanted this character study of Dracula to go, it's like yeah, I've just watched Midnight Mass, and that's as much yeah. as I'll say about that. <laughs> because as a character study goes, that's exactly what this should have been. Uh, just obviously not about Dracula, but same principle. Um, so yeah, I, 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 and it's at this point as well that I start to realise actually the dialogue in this film is going to be appalling because this this exposition that's yeah. being given to us. Yeah. And and in fairness, I think it's always difficult with with vampires, isn't it? Because again, like everybody knows Dracula, everybody knows what vampires are. This is something that's ingrained in our culture. So it's kind of like the first time you have to do an origin story for Spider Man or Superman or Batman. It's like, look, everybody knows. So you just yeah. need to dump all of this on us as quickly as you can. And the real key, which unfortunately they don't do here, they they try and, and do the worst thing possible. The real key is if you try and make it a little bit coy and, you know, like they don't use the word vampire. I don't think they just mention that there's this presence in the mountain and it's, mm. it's a half demon and things like that. And that's some very shaky ground because either you pull that off exceptionally well or you get what you get here, which is just frankly quite insulting. It's just like, again, yeah. it's, it's the twilight thing. You know, it's like, oh, just call it. Just say what it is. Just say right now there's a vampire in the mountain and we can mm. move on. It's fine. But instead we dance around the issue as if we don't know what it is and we need to build suspense. And, and no. again, that, that's fine because uh, if you look at the way this has been set up, it's like there's only ever been one. It's like, it's like the fucking Highlander of monsters. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, so that's I, fine. So dance around it. There's this thing that we've all sort of heard of. It's like the fucking boogeyman. Nobody yeah. knows what it is. That's fine if you're going to do that. But then in like 25, 30 minutes time, Every cant and their grandmother is going to know what a vampire is, without any right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's hugely. And actually, you've literally um, we haven't discussed this off air at all. But I literally have written, "He's the Highlander of vampires," um, <laughs> because, because that's the thing, right? It's 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 like there's no real explanation of how the Charles Dance character came to be trapped in this cave, and why there's only him, and why he won't leave the cave. When actually, you know, Drac can just run around siring vamps left, right and centre, doing whatever the fuck he wants. And then when we get to the end, Charles Nance has left the cave anyway. And so was Drac. So it's like, because there's initially this thing when he's turning him of like, ah, well, you will turn into me and you will take my place and I will be free. Yeah. Except he doesn't, does he? No, that's the thing is that if if he's going to take his place, does that mean he's now exiled to the cave? For the next however long is, is that is that going to be his thing is okay fine if we're going to do that great fine because at that point you, th- you know there's this whole other story which can come later on about you know unleashing evil on the world and you know, then he's going to redeem himself or whatever it's going to be and you know and that's where you set your stall out for your sequel yep yep no. not having them all fucking walking around on the outside the fucking shard going oh let the games begin <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Now, again, I have read an account of this that goes somewhere along the lines of that character in the cave is supposed to be Caligula, yes. Roman Empire, right? Yeah. And they were going to reveal this in a sequel. But if that's the case, then how do you get to, quickly, we need to add the tag on the end because we might be building a universe out of this. It was either there at the start or it wasn't. Hmm. So 
I just don't think this part of it has been thought through at all. I think there's a no. massive logic gap in the world here where they've just got, he's confined to a cave because, well, he is. Because otherwise we would have seen vampires beforehand and then he could have single-handedly beat everybody. So yeah. he's confined to a cave. So that, and, it, and that's fine. That that in its, If that's the device you want to use, if that's the route you want to go down, fine. Have no, have the cave as being this barrier. There's a re, no, He can't leave it until until somebody else turns. That's fine. If you want, if that's what you want to do, you have to stand by that, and you have to you have to make that work within your narrative. And, and that's the thing; they they kind of allude to that that if you know if Drac turns, then he'll be free. Yeah. Um, but as you say, there's no kind of exchange there. Yeah, it does, uh, there's no there's no explanation of what happens to Drac in that in, in that. No, no, you know, and in fact, you know, in in my idealized version of this story, which is not what we got, and was probably never what was on the paper, because I get the feeling this character did always exist, um, unless they suddenly found out they could get Charles Dance for like a week and then decided they had to write something for him because who would do something like that? Um, (laughs) (laughs) My, in my idealized version of this is actually, you you don't have this previous vampire at all because the whole point of Dracula, right, is he's the Prince of Darkness. He's, he's the first, essentially. He's He's the one from which all other vampires have been sired. All right. That's the whole point. He's the most famous because for a long time, he is the one and then he sires the brides and then, Right. So surely it's much better, particularly since he makes a point of of saying he's Dracula, son of the devil or whatever it is, or prince of the devil or whatever he's supposed to be. Surely it's better if he gets to his absolute darkest point and then apropos of nothing, out of nowhere, he just all of a sudden just prays and the devil shows up and it's like, well, I'll offer you a devil's bargain. And then he becomes the monster. And there's no, oh, but you might have to drink somebody's blood. It's like, no, I will give you the power to save your son and defeat your enemies but, but this is the cost yeah you are going to be a blood-sucking fiend for the rest of your life that this is the cost you know a demon is going to set up shop in your body and you are going to suck blood like that's much more interesting because we get to put the character all the way through the ringer and we get to know drac first and we get to see his humanity being broken yeah. we get to see his spirit crushed yeah you so get then to you see the last resort yeah and that's, then you that's what you need yeah, you understand how he becomes this reclusive figure in a dusty old castle in Transylvania, shut away from everybody and slightly mad because he's been broken. And we don't take him there because it's as simple as, ah, oh, well, there's a, there's a fucking magic creature up in the mountain. If I go and see him, he'll give me superpowers. It's fine, you know. Um, yeah, very, very, very poorly handled, all the stuff with Charles Dance. Um, yeah. Which, as I said, no, that, I've, I've, never, I've never come out of something and go, oh, Charles Dance was fucking awful. Until now, yeah, he's terrible in this, and, and he's not the only one either. Because like we no. get we get our first real battle scene um, here as well. We get a, and it's really really good. Um, it's again it, it's Drax sort of defending his family and stuff. But then yeah. we immediately get a scene between him and Mina, and she just capsizes the film again immediately because like she's fucking god awful. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a word that does her mouth that I believe in this entire film. She's and. And I hate being this harsh on people unless, you know, unless they deserve it. And I'm sorry, but she does. She's god awful in this film. Absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Um, I feel really bad saying that, but she is. Um, thank- I, I, th- I think it's fair to say that the, the dialogue didn't help and neither did the director. No, but well, see, so you say that, but then they immediately manage to swing it back around again. Like Luke Evans just snaps into position and carries this scene, pulls it straight back around right away with a yeah. simple line as looking at the kid and going, run to your mother and then kicking the shit out of everyone. And, and that's fine. The, the problem is, I said, Luke Evans carries this film because no other fucker does. 
no. everybody else is dead weight. And I think that's the problem, especially when you look at um, you, you look at um, uh, Marina, you look at um, even Charles Dance. Nobody, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. No, uh, nobody's got a fucking clue what the hell this is supposed to be. I, I don't think even Luke Evans knows what the fuck this is supposed to be. But he, but at least he's got enough about him to carry it through, regardless. Yeah, he's 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 playing a character. There is a through line with this character. Yeah. The problem is the through line is he is a hero, and yeah. he's taking the hero's journey, and yeah. it should be the complete antithesis of that. It, it yeah. needs to fall from grace, not yeah. ascend to grace, because. There is no version of Dracula that that you can you can't paint this in any other way other than making Dracula a monster. He is monstrous as a character, yeah, and not, and not the in point. the way that that we've talked about so much. You know, with my love of of monsters and monster movies, he's not Frankenstein or the creature from the Black Lagoon or even the Invisible Man. He's not misunderstood. He's not mm. outside of society. He's a fucking monster. He is monstrous. He is the other that we're afraid of, mm. and so you have to get him there. Yeah. You can't you can never feel sorry for Dracula. That's the point. That's why he's so romanticized, because he's unobtainable. He's different to us and it has to get there. You know, like the, the best version I can think of that gets even close to that is probably um, the Netflix Castlevania, where they do very well to humanize Dracula. But mm. he's still a fucking vicious killer and a monster. Yeah. It's just that he starts there and then they give us the backstory. So then we kind of understand how he's been driven to this point. And again, it's soaked in tragedy, you know, and yes, he's been wronged, but because he's been wronged, he is wrathful. He's not heroic. And that's that's where this needs to go. Uh, There's no there is just no other way to do this. Dracula cannot be a hero. He just can't not at least not Dracula as we know him. If you want to paint this as a completely different thing and you can still call the character Dracula, of course you can. But then don't try and say, like, this is the untold story behind one of the greatest villains of all it. Because it's not. Then it's something entirely different. Then it's fucking Dracula, last son of Krypton. All right. Which is basically what this is anyway. So just, but, just that's a bigger problem, though, that you get with it's, it. This is the problem, though, that you get with vampires, with the exception of Midnight Mass. We'll just yeah, put that there. That, yeah. but I because I freely admit I fucking hate anything that's got vampires in it in that that's like a modern thing. Because and I, I don't I can't even necessarily put my finger on where it started, but I think so possibly the eighties was the last time you got decent vampire films. Um but then all of a sudden ev- like just there was this collective shift towards vampires being these like tortured, brooding, romanticized like figures and just completely skipping over the whole fact that they were meant to be monsters. And I hate, I hate, I hate hate romanticized vampires like twilight fuck off just yep. fuck off well, and die in it's the anne rice effect isn't it it's the anne rice effect oh. so that you, you had that point where it's like oh all of a sudden yeah okay well yeah they, they live hundreds of years and no of, of course they're gonna they're gonna feel all of that not that they're fucking sold as monsters but they, they've got to they've got to really suffer for that and actually well that was never the point no yeah. but again and again that that's i, I think you're quite right helen there's a there's a shift there between this kind of new romantic vampire that you have. And it's not, you don't look at those vampires in the same way that you look at Dracula. And, and the problem is that this wants to be that very much. So like, they, I'm not joking when I'm comparing it to twilight, like it's, it's there. No. Like this is, oh, God, this yeah. is gearing towards that. It wants, and, and I'm right there with you. I hate the fucking foppish new romantic vampire. Um, it's just not my style. 
it's I, I like them to be vicious and evil and they are like I say they are the other that we're afraid of there is no better monster to look at the fear of other than vampires like and because they apply to so many cultures as well like in the 80s yes we had homosexuality and the AIDS culture and things like that, that you could apply to it and then when we did get some good vampire films in the 90s then you had racism and everything like that that you could apply to it and I bet my bottom dollar we're sure as shit going to see a resurgence in them now with pandemic stories it's mm. bound to happen um we may be starting to see that already um so that's the thing they that fear of, of vampires is ingrained in us and so to take that and spin them and make them yeah these brooding anti-heroes that's never sat right with me either with the exception of course of angel um but that's a different <laughs> thing altogether again because that just he just happens to be a vampire in the same way that blade happens to be half vampire it's just like it's a totally different kind of character um this is selling itself as being like a classic like this is dracula and it's fucking not at all and that's that's a huge huge issue i think that's that's a big thing that i can't get past because that's not what i wanted from this film i wanted to see a mortal man descend into madness Mm. and just become monstrous he needs to be monstrous before he even goes to see uh, charles dance or before he makes in my idealized vision a deal with the devil like he has to have got there he has to already be a monster and then this is just the icing on the cake because that needs to come from within not from this supernatural entity that's bloodthirsty that's the difference between dracula and edward cullen for instance is they both have a bloodlust it's just one doesn't give a fuck one's a rapist one just wants to cuddle you that's the difference <laughs> like you know <laughs> anyway back on track um <laughs> So actually, my next note does say like I, I, it, literally that I feel like we need to put Vlad through the through the ringer more because already now he's had this scene where they come to take his son and they're like, yeah, we want a thousand more and your son. And then he kicks the shit out of him. And then even though he's just kicked the shit out of him and even though he's the most feared warrior in the land and they should all be terrified of him anyway. And his people will all follow him because he's the most feared warrior in the land. He still goes, I think it's time to go and offer myself to Charles Dance because I need superpowers now. Hmm. no you don't you single-handedly just defeated like four or five guys yeah and you've got a sizable-ish army behind you like at yeah. least put up a fight mate yeah. like he's just thrown in the towel immediately he's just got like, i know what i need i need to be a vampire so i'm gonna go and see charles dance um and then this is where like it, it totally it's gone from <laughs> like when i saw that exorcist shot of him coming out of the darkness oh he looks really cool as soon as you see him in the light, it's like, you know, where, you know, when you get Treehouse of Horror and sometimes they do Mr. Burns up as Gary yeah. Oldman's track. That's what he looks like. It, it looks that bad. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. It's just Charles dancing a load of white makeup in it, basically. Yeah. It, it's, it's clearly like he couldn't be asked. He just went, like, put some white makeup on me and some fangs. That'll do. Yeah. And then he just he is sleepwalking through this entire like he's taking a paycheck here. He yeah. doesn't give a fuck. Like, he just does not care about this at all. Um, it's fucking terrible. And, and when you think you can't get any worse, you get that horrible, horrible CGI tongue come out. Yeah. And fucking lick his face. <laughs> like something out of Resident <laughs> Evil. Like, it's, I've forgotten about that. It's fucking gross. <laughs> Absolutely gross. Like it, but, but again, I mean, this, even with that, it's the same as everything else. It's been done. It's been done for effect. There's no reason for it. They don't need it. No, it, so there's no purpose whatsoever. 
No, none whatsoever. And if you do want to do that, it would have been much more effective to have Charles Dance actually licking Luke Evans' face. Just with his regular tongue, you can maybe fork it if you want, put a little prosthetic. But to have this fucking Gene Simmons fucking tongue come out (laughs) and just (laughs) lick his face. There's no need of that. Like... And, and yeah. again, it's it's more it it adds it's supposed to be sort of the um, otherworldly, a natural, threatening, all the rest of it. If anything, if they if they did have Charles Dance doing it and put a prosthetic on or whatever else, but if he's in that fucking close to do it himself, that's a lot more fucking scary than having this you know, fucking you know, nine inch gap between them. They go, oh yeah, we just right. got them. Yeah, that that's the thing. That's more threatening because he's invading his personal space yeah. as well. He's he, like, oh, he's, and at this point, we know what he is. He's that close to him. There's always a threat. He's going to fucking rip his throat out anyway. Exactly. That's the, it, you get far more tension through having him lean in and actually lick his face and bearing his fangs and but mm-hmm. whatever because we probably had money to spend on CGI. So let's make it CGI tongue. Um, <laughs> because again, the problem is is it comes back to the fact that this is a film. Not just about vampires in the general sense. It's about the ultimate vampire. Yes. And their vampires aren't fucking scary enough. So you have to put on prosthetic tongues because of the, the ultimate vampire in his 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 lair that you're going into. That in and of itself is not threatening enough. So you have to put all this shit on top of it. And that should tell you that you maybe need to go back to the drawing board and yeah. beef up your vampires. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 all you really need to do is, yeah, like beef them up and just don't give them to us in the first fucking 15 to 20 minutes yeah. of the film. Again, just yeah. build it, build the law around this before. Like, don't even have him go and see him in the opening. If you don't want just build the law about it. Like there are these legendary fucking creatures that live up in the hills yeah. that, you know, legend has it only come out at night and they eat the fucking cattle or whatever, whatever you want. Just, just but build them. Yeah. So that again, it's something he has to go looking for. And then we've already built this image of him up in our mind. We're, yeah. we're terrified of him before we even see him. Um, and then Charles Dance can ham it up all he wants. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for, for me, it was the Cloverfield problem that they, if you if you go back if you go back to Cloverfield, the first act and a, the first sort of act and a half, you don't see anything. It's all implied, and it's really fucking atmospheric. As soon as you see the bloody thing, it's like, oh, yeah. is that it? Yeah, and yeah. I don't know whether that's us yeah. because we're conditioned now as, as viewers to, go, to expect bigger and bolder and better all the time. Um, and I don't think that's the case. I think actually, you know, as a viewer, you, you kind of want to be intrigued more. But it's just we're at a stage now where these things don't shock us anymore. So why show it? You get far more out of it by by alluding to it and then smacking us over the head with it when we don't expect it. Yeah. And we seem to as a culture, we seem to be after and, and I blame the late 90s and early 80s horror films for this and when when we had the emergence of cgi it now it does seem to be about just putting it on, on front street and showing us the goriest most ridiculous thing that you can yeah you know i'll things like saw whereas actually you know the craft of horror and the craft of fear is all in about what we're not seeing it's all yeah. about what we're taking to this yeah. and that's why character has to drive this and not the monsters mm. you know the horror needs to come from fucking hell he's just butchered five thousand people as a man yeah. What's he going to do when he becomes a vampire and you can't kill him? You know, that's that's where the horror comes into it. Um, you know, and the things that he has to do, you know, he has to be wrestling with this moral quandary of like, look, these are people that he was raised as a brother to. And yeah. now he has to turn on them, you know, but they, they just they're not interested in any of that. It's just like, how many bats can we fit on screen? How much blood can we get? How many people can we put on pikes? Yeah. Like and and, and that's the other thing. Right. Um, 
they they don't fully explain the rules of vampirism in this world. Again, I think they just assume that we all know what they are. Um, yeah. And I have a particular bee in my bonnet about this because, yes, we do all know what they are, but they have been revised many, 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 many times over the years. And it, it depends how classic you go in as to whether you're talking about silver, whether you're talking about running water, whether you're getting more postmodern and you're talking about stuff like garlic and all that sort of shit as well. But we need to understand what the rules are. Yeah. Now, this is Dracula. This is the ultimate vampire from which, again, the stake through the heart originates from the fact that Dracula is based on Vlad Tepes, who put people on stakes. OK, so it wasn't through their hearts, though. No, I know. But that's what I'm saying. But no. how just how are we explaining the rules of vampirism in this world then and what it becomes if if Vlad Tepes isn't the first vampire? Because then putting them on a stake means nothing because it's Vlad that's that's coined that, that, mm. you, you know, so. If he's not the first, then that is pointless. So that shouldn't work to start with. There's no explanation as to why Silver. We know it's because Silver's pure. But again, like these are the first vampires. And originally, nobody seems to know what they are. They all come up to speed very quickly. Yeah. But nobody seems to know what they are originally. So we don't get the exposition of that. Like, well, they're vampires. So it's going to be sunlight and it's going to be silver and it's going to be impaling them. That's how they die. That's never explained. And again, you can have um, vampire stories where that isn't explained to you because we know enough to fill that in. But then you have to show it at the very least. Like, yeah. and it has to make sense. You well, know? this is the, they, it's almost that like they kind of tried it. So they had the bit with um, Paul K where he slashes the tent. Yeah. And so we, we get it and then they, you know, they all turn on him. And all that. So you, you, it's like they've kind of got, oh, right, OK, we need to give some indication of what's going to kill him or what could kill him because at the moment... Yeah, there's no pun intended. There's, there aren't any stakes. It's a, there's nothing. There's there's nothing there which says I did say no pun intended. Um, th there's nothing there that says okay, that's a threat to him. We you know we see him. You know, we we see him twiddling that um, that silver ring around around his finger in his hand. We see that. We see the the little wisps coming off him when there's a sliver of sunlight. But there's, there's okay. Well, hang on, what what's that doing? What's the what's causing that? Has he just got fucking scabies or something? Is his skin just coming off? Now, and again, for us as an audience, I'm fine with all of that because we know that sunlight yeah. kills vampires. We know there's versions yeah. where silver kills vampires. We know run. We know all of these things. We just yeah, have to we know. Do as a, we do as a viewer, but that's it. In, in, in that world, they don't. Because... Yeah, yeah, exactly. We we as a viewer are able to take that suspension of disbelief and just yeah. go, oh, okay, so this affects them, this doesn't. So, okay, crucifixes do nothing. Sunlight does. You know, all of, all of this, right? It, that's fine. Um. But yeah, it's the fact that all of a sudden Paul K comes in, slashes the side of the tent. Now, you can buy that he would know because he studied it in the book. Hmm. How do all the fucking villagers instantly know what he is? Because right at the start, it's just this creature that's in the mountains. They don't yeah. understand what it is. They don't. And there's only one. So it's not like vampires are a, a threat. It's not like you're seeing them every night. Hmm. You know, it's not like they're Turks. They, the Turks, they know how to kill. Turks, they're afraid of. You put them on stakes, right? That makes sense. Vampires, yeah. they don't know because there's only the, the one thing, and no one else has ever seen it. Yeah, the other thing with that scene as well, actually, is they, they're very quick to break out the pitchforks and the torches. Where do they all fucking come from? Right. They are very quick to do that and set the barn on fire, yeah? Uh, where do they all come from is one thing. That's the practical side of it, though. The more important thing is this is a guy who has literally single-handedly just saved all your lives and you turn on him like I nearly snapped my fingers in front of the mic, but you turn on him like that. <laughs> it's more like, than once, actually, because you, you had yeah. the bit outside the castle and also the bit in the woods. 
it says in the opening like he's the most beloved ruler in the land and stuff yeah. and you turn on him just because all of a sudden he's gone and made this deal to protect you yeah <laughs> to save your life and you turn on him instantly because you don't understand him now again this is all stuff that can feed into his eventual ah well fuck it then but this they have to turn on Vlad Tepes the man he has yes. to go crazy as a leader and they have to start asking questions about why they're following him because they're losing and they're all dying yeah. for this to work and then that works really well because again it becomes a monster movie then because we're with him and we understand why he's doing what he's doing mm. and he's misunderstood by these people he's outside of society yeah then it becomes the kind of monster movie that they want um but instead now he's just got powers and he's a vampire and he turns into bats and bites people and all of this weird stuff and, and apparently is able to see all sorts of crazy colors and blood um pumping he gets x-ray vision as well that's a yeah. new one um but again charles Nance had it in the cave so following that continuity you know if he see if he sees blood pumping in a body that that tracks because if he's taken his if he has his the same abilities that kind of works yeah but and again, it, and it's, you know, it's it's something that it's 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 a it's a lazy, it's a clumsy device. It's not it's not particularly clever, but it, at least there is a continuity with that one. It's probably the only time they actually do it. It's the only time yeah. they do anything that tracks. Yeah, and and it it gives us an in to this kind of bloodlust that he's fighting against as well. Um, yeah. is is the thing. I I think it could have been achieved far more subtly yes. with audio. Um, but yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, there was one thing I picked up. One thing I did really like actually is um, when he first. Um, when he catches up with them all and they're eating by the fireside, and he's he's getting used to his attuned senses, and that's where the the noise of the eating is dialed right up. Yeah, that's how I feel every fucking day. That noise of people <laughs> eating makes me want to kill them. So I was right there with him on that. One. I, I I think we can all relate to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but just also be aware that we're not allowed to let Mark go off on his own up any mountains, uh, where I'm he might meet fucking lazy I am. I'm not going up any mountains on my own. <laughs> If, if I'm on my own, I'll just say I've done it. It's fine. Nobody's going to know any different. Um, okay, so we'll get back on track then. We, again, we've jumped ahead slightly, but we have talked about this ring. And so we, so we get, he turns, right? He, he gets turned in the cave. He volunteers to get turned. We've already talked about why exactly can't Charles Dance leave. That's never explained. So that's no. just a fucking super annoying plot hole. Yeah. That we just, and I cannot suspend disbelief for that. that I'm, I'm going full mark on that one. That annoys me. I don't understand why that's happened. No. Um, and then another thing that annoyed me then is the fucking ring itself. Like, yeah, silver is his kryptonite. Silver burns him. And as soon as he wakes up, the ring burns his finger. How well, did it burns it off overnight? Exactly. There you go. <laughs> right. Surely it starts burning him as soon as he turns, doesn't yeah. it? And it would wake him up. Surely. Well, you think so? So that oh, probably just glad it's not a cock ring. Well, <laughs> I mean, let's face it, he can't do anything with it anymore anyway. He's now dead, isn't he? So he's just a stiff. Mm. Um, OK, so now we get to the point where all of a sudden now he's got his superpowers and he just starts yeah. smashing through Turks and he's like yeah. super Dracula turning into bats flying around. See, the bats form wings, right? This isn't my yeah. imagination. He doesn't have wings. Those are formed out of bats, right? Yeah. Yep. That's fucking weird, isn't it? How does that work? Yep. A lot, so basically, loads of tiny little bats are carrying him, uh, but him it's up. like a it's like a chain of tiny little bats that has to move outwards to yeah. carry the weight and then flap in unison. So we've basically got like a synchronized swim team working for him in the air. <laughs> like, that's, 
that's a step above just commanding creatures of the night. That's that's fully orchestrating a dance maneuver just to swoop across the battlefield. That's that's pretty fucking special. But all right, I'll go with it. I'll suspend disbelief. He's Dracula. He can control bats. Whatever. I mean, he could turn into a swarm of bats as well. So I guess maybe it's just an extension of his body. It happens to be shaped like bats. Maybe. I don't know. Why he couldn't just make himself two big leathery wings, I don't know. But who knows? that would be far more intimidating than a shit ton of bats. Yeah, and I guess they couldn't give him a yeah, cape. Because now yeah, but there's no CGI budget there for that. So, yeah, Well, yeah, because they spend it all on fucking creepy tongues. Um, so, <laughs> but, but this is the point now where I'm just going, I realise that there is no redeem in this film at this point, and I am fully yep. tuned out. Because all of a sudden now, we've got to this point where Dracula is a literal superhero because the Turks are bad guys. Yeah, and that's it. We don't yeah. know why they're bad guys. They're just bad guys. And Drax the hero. And and it's literally become a fucking 80s action movie now. Yeah. And Dracula's just like yeah. smashing through the bad guys because they might as well have made him fucking Israeli, honestly. Like, just, just, just go for it. Do you know what I mean? Just put turbans around their heads as well and just have them bomb his tower. Like, because that's where we are at this point. That's that's where we are. It's, it's just like, here's our, here's our white all-conquering hero. And here's yeah. the bad guys with the funny accents. And off he goes, because <laughs> like, that's what it's become. Yeah, and I'm just like I, I'm. I'm not sure I'm down for this anymore. Now this is even <laughs> even with vampires and even with the special effects. This is just it's so black and white, and so shallow. And and again, it sold itself as being like a bit of a character study of this yeah. is how Dracula came to be, and it, it's not. It's basically just yeah, super Dracula versus terrorists is what it is. Um. I mean, it's, you know, that's what they should have called it. If they called it that, it, it'd still be shit, but at least you know where you were getting. If they called it Super Dracula versus Terrorists, yeah, I would have lowered my expectations. Yeah. But they called it Dracula Untold. And as I said to my sister when we left the cinema, because I didn't just see this in the cinema, I saw this in the fucking West End of London. So I paid maximum price for a cinema ticket for this. And as I said on our way out, when... There was there was a bunch of us that were in there and there was one person in there that didn't speak any English. So the whole time that we were watching the film, his girlfriend was trying to translate what was happening on screen and he was getting increasingly confused. And I can tell you, Chris, he'd lost the plot before this point in the film. Like, <laughs> you need to go back about another 20 minutes. That was the point where the two of them had more or less given up on trying to explain what was happening to someone that was just like, what the fuck is this? And they just, by this stage, like collectively as a group in the cinema, we'd all just realised this film makes no fucking sense. Just accept it and move on. But as I said, on the way out of the cinema to the sister, I was just like, well, I've never heard that story of Dracula before. So at least, <laughs> it's, you know, I've got what you promised me on the poster. It's a Ron Seal film. That's what it says on the tin. <laughs> Ron Seal um, film. Like, I do judge films on, on a Ron Seal rating, and it did, like, score quite highly on the Ron Seal rating. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, I've, I'm actually down for, like, the whole Dracula as a one-man army thing. and I, 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 It's fine. Like, I'm, I'm down for even, you know, an army of, of superhero monsters or whatever. It's fine. As long as you commit to that, and that's what this film is, like, that's fine. But... You know, again, you watch it like he's just smashing through all of these Turks and stuff. And he's basically showboating while the entire city is under siege. Hmm. The city's under siege and he just goes wading through them, flick flacking around, turning into bats. And it's like, hang on, defend your walls first. Stop yeah. your people dying. Yeah. Then go and kick the shit out of the people at the back. Right now, you need to be. And, and like, again, remember, 
he's a general and stuff. He's he's commanded armies. Mm. He should know this. He shouldn't just be wading in at the back. Or if that is what he's going to do and he can fly, just fly straight to the commander. Well, this is the stupid thing. He, he approaches from behind the Turk army anyway. When he's yeah. flying back from Broken Tooth Mountain, whatever the fuck it's called, he approaches from behind. So why doesn't he just take out the fucking cannons while he's there? Take out the threat to the castle, then go to the... Either, and either pick him off from the back or then go over the top and, and bring his forces out. Exactly. So, no, like, completely nonsensical. Again, another massive plot hole. And, mm. and you know, I'm normally pretty good with suspension disbelief, especially the, the shit we watch yes. on this show. Like, I, I am really good at suspending disbelief. Mark, not so much, but I'm I'm pretty good. Um, This is just a bridge too far for me, you know. <laughs> I, th- I think the problem I have with this one is that most of the shit we watch is really low budget. Um, certainly we look at things like Killer, so- no, Killer Sofa, which are proper indie. And, you know, there's, there's good intention there. They spent seventy million dollars on this fucking movie. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say now, this isn't even fit to be mentioned in the same sentence as Killer Sofa. Absolutely like, not. Like, um, but I mean, nowhere near as good as Killer that had. A, that had a budget of a sofa. Yeah, this had seventy million dollars. It, it had and a budget it's... of a sofa and said everything this wants to say much better. Yeah, <laughs> it's just fucking. It's insulting. I don't know, and you think, well, you see, no, you see, you see people, no. Like the killer sofa guys going, you know what? Fuck it, we're just going to put a film out. We'll pay for it ourselves. It'll look a bit bollocks because we can't. No, we haven't got the money for CGI bats and shit like that. But it'll, no, we'll tell a story. Mm. This one, they've just gone right. We're just going to throw as much money as we can in to make it look really atmospheric. Try and make it look good, make it sound good. And because it's, the, the execution is so fucking poor, you think how many infinitely better films could they have made with mm. that seventy million dollars? I mean, I'll I'll take one decent one. <laughs> You don't need to make a million infinitely better ones. But I mean, you know, continuing on that thread then of, of massive. I, and this is this isn't even a plot hole. This is me just now. I'm so far out of this film now mm. that I'm just seeing everything. Uh, and we get to the point where um, Paul K comes back now and he's he, like so. So Luke Evans is um, sort of he, he's gone and killed all these people. And then he's woken up and uh, whatever her name is that sounds like Mina. I keep forgetting. Marina. Marina. I, I just, she's Mina. It's, it's, I can't call her anything else. She's, oh, she was obviously Mina from, from day one, right? He's woken up. She's noticed the ring is burning him. And he's shown her as well that the sunlight's going to burn him. Yeah. So that should be enough, you know. But no, that's not enough. Paul Kay's got to come in like the town fucking lunatic. And again, he could have just gone up to her and went, oh, yeah. By the way, he's a vampire. I think we need to help him because I was friends with him about half hour ago. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just going to turn my back on him immediately now because he's a creature of the night. He could have just said that. He could have just got in and said, actually, I'm a bit concerned about him. You know, I think you need to watch him because he's got three days. No. Instead, he comes in, slits a fucking massive hole in the tent, starts ranting and raving. So instead of just having a conversation, he's now ruined a perfectly good tent and fucking burned himself. (laughs) 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 Why? (laughs) Yeah, it it is bizarre. And so there's... There are lots of... There are lots of little choices. I can't remember who... um, The the character's name, but the... um, the, uh, the the one who wants to be his acolyte, basically. Um, again, they do nothing with him. No. It's, uh, they introduce him, and then he disappears. Mm. Yeah, well, there's all sorts of crazy there's, shit like there's that. There's loads of stuff. Like, none of it yeah. tracks. None of it makes any sense within the quote-unquote narrative. 
No, I... Because I... Yeah. the point is, though, is you haven't actually got, with the exception of Dracula himself, you haven't actually got any characters in here. Like, that nobody's actually, like, fully developed with a personality, with understandable motivations that are driving their actions. They are literally just functions. They are functional things to move the narrative and to give Luke Evans something to react off of. But they're not a character. They are just cogs in a narrative that are just acting out of convenience and there is absolutely nothing guiding the yeah. the motivations for their actions the where they're coming from in the scenes why they're acting one way in the scene and then 10 minutes later they completely reverse course and it's completely unmotivated none of that flies at all because they are literally just there to keep this huge big machine grinding forwards mm. yes yeah, you, you're dead right and, and that's the real that's the real shame about it because i feel like actually somewhere in this at, at its core, when this started, there was someone somewhere had a concept, right? And, and I feel that that mm. core concept started with a, a sort of a character study. I feel like this wants to be a character study of Dracula. That's what the core concept yeah. was. And then somehow it grew and grew and grew. And now it's just too concerned with the fighty fighty. You know, there's no, nobody gives a shit. Nobody's got any real tangible motivation to say there's no actual uh, threat involved whatsoever. There's no real tangible threat because as soon as he's got superpowers, he's just massacring the Turks. Like yeah. he's he's unstoppable. He is literally Superman. He is unstoppable, yeah. right? So the much better film, as I said many times now, is for him to just first have his downfall and then turn into the vampire. That gives you threat. That gives you, and again, you are concerned about his motivation and the threat comes from within himself. So it doesn't matter if everybody else is just functional because it's all about our central character and we're spending all of our time with him and we need to see the world through his eyes and we don't get that at all. Uh, it's just fighting. It's just I, I 80 this, minutes of fighting. Well, I mean, that that's that's the concern is that it's 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 80 minutes, minutes of not developing the character at the expense of fighting, but the fights are actually, they're not that consequential either. We seem to no. move from one to the next quite quickly, but we don't feel no, we don't feel any fallout of that. And I think, I mean, we talk we talk quite often about you know, the the length of films and how you know, hitting your, your sort of 85, 90 minutes is you know that that's so your, your peak time. But actually, with this, because of the way they've done it, there's so much nothing in between it. You know, it's a, to build it up, you go fight, 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 bit of nothing, bit more fighting, and it's done. And actually, they, there's there's not enough story or enough fighting to see it through. It's no. like they've half assed on both and just got the the worst possible product they could have yeah completely completely I, I fight 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 as you say and then talking about character motivations this this is the point sorry i jumped the gun earlier so they do split this scene slightly so um first of all he reveals himself to mina and then we get another bit of bollocks yeah. with it with another fight and then this weird poor cake the village is all suddenly going to turn on him and it, the tent starts on fire and stuff yeah and you're like look Okay, guys, like, yes, he's a monster, and you know he's a monster now, even though you're just taking one guy's word for it, despite the fact he has now saved your lives twice and should be yeah. your hero. You're going to take the fucking word of this raving madman, all right? Yes, he's a monster, but he's also literally the only thing keeping them alive right now. Why the fuck would they try to kill him? Why the fuck would they try and light a fire in the middle of town? Like, where's your basic risk assessments, guys? Like, you know... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's it. You've, you've got, oh, you've got to suggest at that point. Your, your, your fight or flight reflex is a little bit fucked there, isn't it? Yeah, completely. And you deserve everything you get at that yeah. point, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, one, one thing we have we have kind of skipped over as well, um, just for thinking about it now. When he, he, so he, he does reveal what he's done to, to his wife. And she is far too accepting. 
Oh, completely. She's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. And again, is there's no questioning. There's no, no. why, what have you done to yourself? Why have you done this? She's like, oh, all right then. And she goes out straight away and lies to everybody that he's already left when they've just seen him. They've just, they're outside the tent. No, he's not a chance to go anywhere. Oh, he left 10 minutes ago. He's gone to do his own reconnaissance. Fuck off. And again, like the traditional way to tell this story, which is kind of what they've gone for, but they've blown it because she's defending him straight away, Hmm. is to have her be the thing that's anchoring him to humanity. She's the one that like, no, you're not this monster. You're my husband. You're you're Vlad Tepesh. And, you know, you, you can't do this. You shouldn't have done this. And then, of course, as as we get in a few scenes, like for him to finally turn by having to bite her, yeah. um, and her offering herself up, even works if you go down that route. It doesn't work if she just goes, yeah, it's fine, carry on. To the point where I actually gave them far more credit than than they deserve at this point. And it was yeah, here where she just went, okay, that I've written, okay, so he's not going to turn by biting her therefore if he doesn't turn by killing his son in order to survive and defend the rest of his lands this film is an absolute failure and that is to me that is exactly how you nail this like he started this whole thing if, if you've gone down this route that it's all for his son yeah then that you give him the hero's choice it's like you sacrifice one or you sacrifice a hundred thousand yeah. and he has to he has to john snow it he has to be like no I have to be the bigger man. I have to go for the greater good. Yeah. And I'm going to kill my son in turn. And then that, again, that makes him a monster. That makes him horrific because he's killed his own son. But he's also kind of a hero because he's done it for the right reasons and he's made the tough call. And that makes him far more interesting. Far more interesting. But we don't get that either. They just completely flush both of those threads down the toilet because they go for the more conventional Mm -hmm. one, but they don't give us the setup. Um, So, again, just really poor storytelling really um so yeah that that's really bad um what have i got written here oh yeah right so all of a sudden now we're on day three we've had he's turned we've had literally two fights so it's one fight a day basically that's how it works he's, he's a daily fighter get up have a fight go to bed that's yeah. that's that's yes, have his long rest exactly. to get his spell slots back <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah <laughs> exactly get up have a fight go to bed Regain your strength for the next day. You know, those bats have all got to come home as well. He's bound to lose some on the way in there as they're all fucking carrying him. They're all knackered, bless him. Um, where do they sleep as well? <laughs> How is there not? Like, because again, you want some cool imagery. You've got them as the wings and stuff. Surely just have them circling above his tent. How ominous does that look? Or yeah. have the bats as the tent and therefore you don't need to worry about That's anyone slicing open the tent. Well, no, you get you get a jump scare then, don't you? When he goes to slice open the tent, yeah. the little bat comes out and he's like... <laughs> Like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and, it, then, and then they come and they plug the hole as well. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Like a T1000, it just comes down and rebounds yeah. itself. Brilliant. See, yeah. we should be making this film. Um, so, <laughs> so like, literally, I, like, we, we have this fight. He has this, this whole thing where the villagers are going to burn him and he's revealed himself to his wife. And there's all of this stuff, which should take all of this, should take us a good 45 to 50 minutes to pack all of this in and really get under the skin of this character. It takes about 25 minutes, for, I think, from him being bitten to get into literally waking up and walking outside with her and going, well, it's day three. <laughs> the Turks are coming. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, right. OK, so let's get this straight. You, you what you basically told us here is you woke up one day and went, I'm going to go and get turned into a vampire so I can kill the Turks. You've got three days then to plan how you're going to kill the Turks. So you fuck around for two of them. And then on day three, you go, oh, I 
better kill some Turks. I don't know. What am I going to do? I clearly haven't killed enough. I need a plan. Surely you have a plan before you go to the vampire and get yourself turned, don't you? Like, well, surely, surely. As we said earlier on, surely you have a plan. The plan goes awry. Everybody fucking dies. Yeah. Then you go to the you know, the mythical monster and get yourself turned. He is completely yeah. passive. Like we've said, like every he's reacting to everybody, and that is exactly right. Like nobody's got any real impetus over this story at all. But even our hero is simply reacting. Oh, there's yeah. a Turk army outside. Right, I'll go and kill him. Oh, they're burning the tent down. Right, I need to get out. Oh, they're going to take his son. Right, I'll kill him. It's that. It's like put a problem in front of him. He'll react to it. He has no actual forward momentum at all he's not planning anything he's not executing anything and he's not growing as a character in any way shape or form they literally the scene is literally him waking up and going it's day three it'll all be over soon if i don't kill all the turks right okay well then let's at least have a tooling up sequence and you get Mm. like giving the speech to your army and just give it now's the time you know ah yeah do you know what he needed a musical number Needed a musical number. Well, Kill the beast. Yeah, or and and you say that. What it also needed very, very early on, and I'm dead serious about this, is it needed a training montage. Because yeah. the film that it is, that he's a, a warrior and a hero, it's not that he's a monster and things like that, and he's afraid of these powers, but he just wakes up and instinctively knows how to use them. Uh, no. Like he needs Well to... no, he doesn't, because there is the bit where he's like smashing around the valley. Yeah, but like we need to properly see him learn how to command those bats, and yeah. you know, like yeah, yeah. that's just it, like a kid needs... on roller skates going a little bit too fast. That's not quite the same thing. I know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I think that's what that was meant to be. Was that was meant to be a oh, I need to get used to my powers. Boom, 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 done. Yeah, and, and you know, again, as talking about him getting to this low point where he has to take kind of devil's bargain. Again, if we understand what his plan is going in. You know, if if way back in Act One, you know, he goes, this is my plan and he nearly gets there and now it all goes to shit. Then we understand, like, OK, well, there's only one thing left for him to do. Like, we know what he has to do. It's not just randomly kill a bunch of Turks. That's not what he's doing. He has a plan. He has to execute this plan and he can't do it without these powers. Yeah, that that's drama straight away, you know. But anyway, that's not what we get. Instead, somehow, unexplainably, the fucking Turks breach the city. Don't know how. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you get this really nice imagery where you've got the Turk army coming down the valley and it's massively steep on on both sides and all that. So, yeah, there's no way they can do that. So you get the um, the action sequence where he flies down, he goes to the middle of it all, and it's um, it's not the emperor, it's somebody else. Because they've got in behind him and gone into the gone into the car. How the fuck did they do that? Where did they come from? Where did who let them in? Because uh, no, that fucking it, monastery or where was it? It's up on the no, it's up on the top of the fucking cliff. It's not as if they just no burrowed they dug underneath, is it? Makes no fucking sense whatsoever. And and also, even if even if you go with a leap of faith of like the super stealthy fucking terrorists, right? The super stealth in, Dracula has super sense in. Like, he can hear everything, smell everything, see everything. How does he not know? Even if they manage to get in, how does he not know instantly that they're in the city? Like, it makes no fucking sense. They they pick and choose the rules of this world to suit. Yeah. And that's really fucking annoying. There is nothing more annoying than that. Like, choose your rules and stick to them, you yeah. know? And if you're yeah. going to break them, then have a reason for breaking them. Yeah, that's it. I mean, and, and, and understand that you've broken it as well. Yes. Yeah, okay. completely. Yeah. I mean, the thing, the other thing that 
Bugman, just from a pure, again from a pure logic sense, I, I get that. You no, know, in the Middle Ages, you you did lead your army into battle. So where you had you know your kings and all the rest, of, they did lead their armies into battle. That's fine. I accept that. What I won't accept is when you're doing a scouting party of three infiltrating a castle, you send the fucking emperor in. Yeah, doesn't make sense, does it? But again, that just no, that just leaves you wide open to getting you know, captured, butt fucked, and thrown off a cliff. I mean, again, he's purely there now for story reasons. That's yeah. that's it. You know, yeah. he, he he's there for story reasons. Um, you know, he's he's there now for the same reason that Dracula wasn't able to f- just fly over and kill him at the start because story. Otherwise, yeah. you got no film of you. Well, you that know, might be preferable. Uh, uh, well, yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> but you know, th- but this is the point. We we've we've sort of talked about it all the way through already. But this is the point now where the Turks have breached the walls and everything is lost. This is the point where he takes the deal. Where where they breach the walls. Marina dies. Look at that. I got a name right. Um, This is where, like, her death has to be the thing that pushes him over the edge. Yeah. Like, I've I've lost. You know, I've I've lost her, and if I don't take this deal, I'm going to lose my son. This is the thing that needs to push him over the edge. Well, yeah, because that's exactly where where they are. She's dead. They've taken the boy. Mm. He's all all is lost. Literally, all is lost. Yeah. But because we've already done the, the the bargaining bit much too early on. They've got nowhere to go. So now they kind of go, oh, right, okay, well, even though I can kill them all myself anyway, fuck it, I'll turn some more people. I'll make some more vampires. And again, it's it's sort of, they've, they've botched it twice, basically, because, you know, the ideal version of this is all the way through, as, as a human, if he's making these questionable decisions and being barbaric in his defense, then as a human, she can, she can be like, look, you, you're going too far. I understand, but you know this is not you. The, you yeah. know, and and then he can talk to her about this monster that's up in the mountains. She can be like, no, absolutely not. You can't do that. That's you know, and it's here then where she dies, and she's removed from that. Yeah. There he goes. Right. Okay. So that's the ideal version. But the the version that would still work even in this narrative is if, as we said earlier on, if once she discovered what he was. She had challenged him rather than just gone with him and then here for on her deathbed to say, OK, I was wrong. You were right. And this is the hero version of Dracula, which is what they're going for. You know, mm. I was wrong. You were right. And then he gets empowered that way. So he's not empowered through the fact that he has these magical vampire powers. He's empowered through the fact that the, the person he loves most in the entire world now believes in him. So he can do this and it carries him through. It's Adrian with Rocky, essentially, at this point. But they fuck that as well because she doesn't challenge him all the way through so there's nothing pushing him to be a better person mm. so it just it just absolutely doesn't work nor does as you say for a number of reasons the sudden decision to turn the entire village yeah. um also again earlier on it was a kind of it was a sith kind of deal always two there are do you yeah. know what i mean it was like he's in the cave he turns drac drac becomes the vampire he gets freed from the cage how is there a fucking entire army all of a sudden yeah. And how does that affect what's going on with Charles Dance? And how do they all of a sudden not apparently need to wait three days because they they're straight up with fangs and everything, you know, like he's. Well, he was he was as well. It's just he would he he refused to, to drink human blood, drink the blood. Yeah. But they so that was it. But they, they, they clearly they're went straight off. on it. it. Yeah. But presumably they, they didn't No, he, he didn't give him a choice. He just I get, yeah, kill I some people. I guess he just didn't give him the speech. I guess, yes. I guess yeah. it was just. Yeah. Yeah, so here you go. Sometimes, yeah, go sometimes someone gets shot in the head before that happens. <laughs> yeah, I wish yeah. it had been me. I wouldn't have to sit through this fucking film. <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just none of this really falls apart now. Like, it, it makes no sense to basically say to him, OK, go and fuck him up because yeah. she's, she's done it all along. You know, she should be pleading with him at this point on her deathbed because she supported him all along and she's seen it go wrong and it's led to her death and the son being taken. She should be doing the exact opposite here. She should be like, this is enough. Like, you have to stop now. This this is enough. Like, people are dying. You you just got to let it go. You know, but no, she just instead turns him and goes, go on, go and fuck him up. Um, Okay, Uh, then he sires the vamps. um, And then, right. He goes, he gets to the Emperor and all of a sudden the magic box of fucking kryptonite is spilled all over the floor. Um, now, well, even, even before that, right, even before that, so he, he turns the vamps and then you get fucking, no, fucking uh, some sort of weather machine where he can conjure uh, storm clouds all of yeah. a sudden so, to block the sun out. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck? Where the fuck did that come from? And also, why didn't he just do it all along and he could have won the war in a day? Yeah. Or... He didn't even necessarily need to be able to block the sun out. He could have just used his bats to create like a flying like sun shield above his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like a like a little parasol. Yeah, yeah. Just... yeah. like <laughs> just just and it moves with him because like yeah. they're coordinated. We've established this. Yeah, yeah. and again, you know, if, if if somebody shoots a hole through one of them or whatever, it's another, another one just comes in, takes the place. So he's fine. Yeah, yeah. totally yeah. invincible. But yeah, instead, all of a sudden now, yeah, he turns into fucking storm. Um, so he's got fucking magic weather commanding powers. Um, and he, he gets into he gets to the tent and there's a box of silver spilled all over. The floor. Now, up until this point, silver has burned him. It's been a direct offensive weapon. Silver yeah. is burned. Now, for story reasons, it apparently weakens him. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's at this point, the writers and the filmmaker are going, oh, shit, hang on. He's in a one on one duel. He has super speed, super strength, super senses, and he can kill 5000 people on his own. Yeah, there's no threat here, is there? Okay, we'd better put silver all around the place and make him human again, right? So why did you turn him in the first place? What? <laughs> why not have had this fight before he turns? Yeah, like you know, it, it just, none of it makes fucking sense. Like he was literally bending swords in half two battles ago, yeah, and now he can't even win a duel, like. I, and also, just if this is the case, and he's got silver anyway. Also, how did how did he know that silver's going to hurt him? Because how the fuck does he know what a vampire is? Yep. Right. Wait. The, yes, there's tales that he's become a monster and stuff like that. But that's the point. He was always a monster. He was always putting people on spears, and he was always a bit brutal. So why should this be any different? You've just pissed him off. Yeah. So why have you tipped all the coins on the floor? And why, considering he can fucking command the weather, doesn't he just blow the whole shebang out of the tent? Just back yeah. out and just poof, big gust of wind. Or get a bolt of lightning to strike the coins. Fry him. There's kids in there, though, isn't he? True. But you could pick the kid up and leg it first. But no, doing the whole gust of wind thing, the kid's tied down, so it's fine. Oh, my God, Mark. You've just, Send the bats in. You've just, you've just hit on the best possible ending for this film here now, where we are. The kid has to die, <laughs> and he has to turn him, doesn't he? Yeah. His actions need to lead to the kid dying. He has to raise the kid. And then the kid is Dracula our dracula because the yeah. kid's telling the story anyway yeah so the kid then becomes our dracula the dracula that we know because he can carry the family name yeah right that's a much better film that Definitely way we, better than what we got that way we explain how this dracula is quite heroic but how the kid is actually not because he's, he's never really had time to adjust to this world in the first place and all he's seen his entire life is is death yeah so he doesn't he doesn't understand society. He's been raised in a conclave of vampires rather than going off with a monk. 
because presumably what happens here is he's basically fucking off to become a vampire slayer by the end that's that's what i take from it when the monk comes and gets him and you know takes him away he's like right that kid's gonna hate vampires for the rest of his fucking life so he's gonna learn how to kill him yeah and that, again interesting interesting sequel but no instead we're gonna jump forward 500 years well, yeah, I mean, we, we literally only do that, apparently, because Universal decided this yeah, was going to kick they... off the Monsters universe. Um, yeah. You know, but whatever. I, I actually really like, I, I like that end scene more than anything else in the film. <laughs> I, I think everybody's actually, aside from Let the Games Begin, which is a horrible way to end it, I think everybody's pretty much on point there with the performances. I, think... I, I do too. I think the problem is it doesn't fit with the 80 minutes that's gone before it. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I mean, even before we get there, just a few more points on that fucking scene in the tent. Like, yeah, I mm. talked about the kid going away, be a vampire slayer. Yeah, because Drac goes full vampire in front of his kid, which again goes against everything that he's led us to believe he is so far. Because yeah. even earlier on with the kid, he was like, run to your mother, wouldn't even get the sword out in front of him. Yeah. Right. There's no way he's going to go because it's going to scare the kid to death. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's That seems like it would be the absolute last thing that he yeah. would do. Yeah, I mean, given, uh, the, given the way that the, the character has been painted the entire film. Yeah. Yeah, it's just no, it's like they've got, oh, right, okay, well, what would be a cool way to end this? Yeah, let's do that. What about what about the consequences of the character? Ah, fuck it, who cares? Yeah, exactly. And then I feel like it's actually right at the end here. There is, before we flash forward, there is one moment where this film actually becomes what I've wanted it to be all along. It's just that we haven't had any of the build-up to it there is a point where they're fighting on the silver and he's stripped of his powers and stuff like that hmm. and the emperor's looking him straight in the eyes and thinks he's won and dracula just says you forget who i am and then just kills him and it's like yes right that's what we need to get to it's not yeah. the powers it's the man yeah and that's that's what this needed to be the powers yeah. were just uh, this this horrible they're an, they're bargain yeah. yeah yeah it's it's the man and they nailed that in this scene it's just we don't we don't get all the stuff we need before it to get us to that point. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we flash forward to this final scene. I think it's fucking great, that final scene. I am totally up for seeing Luke Evans kicking around as a modern-day Dracula and really, yeah. you know, getting the to play. Th Go on. The only thing I didn't buy with it is, again, with the, the character design, they've done they, they've they've evolved everything. Obviously, they brought it from forward to, you know, to the 21st century. Charles Dan still can't get a fucking manicure. No, but all of a sudden his skin looks relatively normal. I don't understand that. I don't understand no, I don't how either. he's out of the cave. And, unless that's um, because he's been feeding for the last 500 years and now obviously you know, he's looking rejuvenated. But yeah, it's just like they've, they've gone to the thing of he's all suited and booted. He's got his hair slicked back. He's, you know, he's, he's, looking, no, he's looking rejuvenated, but he still looks like he hasn't cut his fucking nails in 500 years. Yeah, I, you know, but putting that aside, like, again, that is something I can take a suspension of disbelief on. I'm like, yeah, okay, he's survived as well. What I can't get over is what's going on with the cave and how he did he get out of there. That's the bit you need to tell me. Well, he, but, we, uh, we, saw, we saw him walk out. You know, so we, we got the whole thing of him saying, no, once you take, once you taste human flesh, whereas I know I'll be free. So you get that, you know, the, the cross cutting with him walking out. So you get all of that. And that's fine. But it's just, it's, it doesn't mean anything. None of it means anything. No, because we don't understand what that means for him to be free. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, we've also, we've already seen him turn a whole village as well. Dracula, now this yeah. is. So so we've seen this problem become something now that there's no way he can control, okay? After he's defeating yeah. the Turks and got his son, like, those people would have all turned people by now. So this this disease is spreading, okay? It's, yeah. it's out of control. So now there's even two ways you can go with this. Like, I'm, I'm up for seeing Luke Evans just playing Dracula as we know him, taking the, the kind of 
sort of uh, outside of society, slightly predatory, but ever so charming kind of monster. I'm totally up for that. Mm. But I'm also up following the natural through line of what you've given us in this universe and it not being our Dracula, but him now basically being Blade. Yeah. Of like, right, okay, I made a fucking mess. Yeah. And I am going to clean this up. And that's the sequel that I think I want out of this now. Mm. Um, we're not going to get either of those. And I, I get the feeling that's probably where it was going to go. If we were going to do a universe, like that universe needed heroes as well as villains. Mm. And if he's the first one that we're getting in there, I kind of feel like maybe that that's where it would have gone. Um, but who knows? We'll never know because no. those that universe is never going to kick off. So we're never going to know. Um, but I, I'd be up for either of those because the second it shifts to modern day, I'm like, yeah, I, I can see this. These are the right people to be cast in these roles. And Mina improves dramatically as well when she doesn't have to talk like she's got a plum stuck in her fucking mouth. Yeah. Like she, she's able to actually, you know, you modern dialogue, she's fine with. Um, yeah. and, and again, her being reincarnated as Mina Harkin, fine. That makes sense. I called it right back at the start. Of course she is. Like there was no question that that yeah. was going to happen. And that, even if you want to do the classic Dracula tale, that I don't think it excuses Dracula's actions, but it makes him less of a predator slightly because mm. you can understand his fascination with Mina rather than him just being, you know, a little bit of a date rapist. Um, you can kind of... <laughs> I'm sorry, how would you be a little bit of a date rapist? Well, because, he, you know... He, Surely you he are or you are Well, no, he doesn't actually take her on a date, does he? But he also doesn't actually rape her. <laughs> <laughs> he's just kind of got that kind of weird predatory thing where like the only reason he doesn't use fucking hypnol is because it hasn't been invented and because he can hypnotize people i mean you know it, it, it's it's just he's weirdly obsessed with this woman in an unhealthy way and i feel like you could have actually given us if the sequel had even been told from her point of view you could have given us something different on mm. that classic tale based on what otherwise is 80 minutes of garbage, but you've at least given us enough of their relationship for us to yeah. understand why he would be obsessed with her and why he would stop at nothing to remove all of the obstacles in his way to get her back. Because he believes they are destined to be together, mm. even though she's a totally different person now. But you can have that whole sort of long lost lovers kind of thing because he's surviving for an eternity and he's the Highlander and all of that rubbish. Yeah. Um, so that would have worked as well. Again, that would have that would have panned out better if when she was dying, she turned on him and she was just like, no, you fucked up and this needs to stop. And this isn't the man that I married, because that yeah. would also then if he's going to meet the reincarnated version, mean that he's got a motivation beyond just like, oh, you you're the spitting image of my dead wife. It's a case of yeah. and I need to prove to you yes. that I am not the monster that you died thinking that I was. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. a monster movie. That's an actual monster yeah. movie, not a vampire film. That's a real monster movie in that then of like, can he control the beast within him? And yeah, that, yeah. that's so much better. Why are we not? Why somebody make that like, just do it. <laughs> like I, I want to watch that now, but I want it with this cast because otherwise it doesn't make sense. Because otherwise, yeah. otherwise, the start of that film has to be a recap of this. And we have to have a big exposition dump in the first like two minutes of the film. But again, you could literally retell all of this in two minutes. So that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I'd wager if you retold it properly, you'd probably have more emotional connection to it within two minutes as well. Because that's all you need for most of the shit that's missing from this. Um, like I said, make it a song, have it as a flashback, you know, shove it in the middle of Beauty and the Beast. Both films better. Uh, yeah. And, and Belle just happens to look like Mina. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Done. Um, job done. 
Yeah. Hit us up, Disney. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like easy. Um, I, I can't I can't dress this up. I, I've been as nice to this film as I can be. And I feel like I haven't been very nice. Um, well, this I, I think just... so I think this is probably the point where Helen needs to launch her defense. Yeah, because well, there must be something good in here. Yeah, please. Um, well, I mean, there's not really, but at least it doesn't <laughs> pretend that there was going to be anything good. Like the clues in the title, it's Dracula Untold. Some stories are untold for a reason. And you need to be aware of that going in, because that was the mistake that I made. And as I walked out of the cinema, I was just like, well, that's on me. And I did say that's my sister. And the guy that was walking out behind us started laughing. It was just like true story. And I was just like, fair. Because the problem... And I'm aware that I am like rationally against Super Mario Brothers. Like that has that hurt me as a child when I watched it because I watched that film once in Super Mario Brothers. And that was not what I got. And it was the very first video game movie that I ever watched. And in a lot of ways, that's that's the reason the video game movies and me have such a fractured relationship. And I'm like, I wasn't on good terms with vampire movies anyway. Like, I don't really think there's been a good one since The Lost Boys, to be perfectly honest. Um, so Dracula Untold, I was just like, not the story that I was expecting. To be honest, if we were going to go historical Dracula, there was a brilliant documentary that was on like the Sky History Channel that was fucking hilarious that told that story so much better. And also the way that they just had the shorthand of the steak sequence. Like every time somebody pissed off um, Vlad, they would just show you the steak greasing it and then you'd have the splinch effect. And it was like <laughs> fucking hilarious. And it got to the stage where it's happening so often. It was a case of conversation, boom, 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 conversation, boom, boom, boom. And it was just, I was just like, I almost wanted that in the film. And it never happened. But again, there's a reason the story's untold. So I was like, it, it didn't lure me in with false advertising. It, it wanted to be a lot of things, but... It was none of those things. But ultimately, it was an untold story of Dracula. Because let's face it, the story that they wanted to tell with this film was also untold. So (laughs) ticks ticks across the board. Like, you know, (laughs) none of this this can can really be held against the film. So, you know, they needed to have either leaned in harder. As I said, a few musical numbers goes a long way to making it better. I mean, you, you, know. got, you got the dancing bats, so why wouldn't exactly. you? Exactly, exactly, you know, and, you know, take out the bit with, um, where they're all sort of like coming after him with the pitchforks and chuck in the bit from Beauty and the Beast, like, you know, kill the beast. And all of a sudden, like, we're getting somewhere, there's something happening. There, there are multiple points in this film where it something almost does take off. You're right. There are, yeah. there are multiple yeah. points where this story could branch and it could become something better than it is in some cases yeah. it can be something really interesting something i want mm. to see and there are there are multiple points where it could do that but they miss every off-ramp yeah they just yeah could carry yeah. on steamrolling forward with this ridiculous fighty fighty take on 300 with dracula basically yeah and it like i just don't understand like i i don't think i can honestly say this is a like a genuinely bad film because I, I i don't think it's genuinely bad it's just not anything it's hmm. like the... it's not that it's bad film it's that that if you watch it and as, as you watch it you're just aware that there is a much better film that could be being told and you're just constantly thinking why is this the film that i'm watching and not the other film it's not quite as bad as independence day 4 where you ended up having to watch the really shit film of 
like the white saviors and then it just in like a, like a little bit of a throwaway bit of dialogue they're just like oh yeah and let's not forget there's that warlord in africa that like took on all the aliens in this ground war and they're the only people that have ever defeated them and they took them on with spears and nothing else and you're just like why is that not the film i'm fucking watching like you know yeah yeah i like like make yeah. make the best version of your product is the thing i think yeah. and I fail to see how anybody involved with this genuinely believes this is the best version of that product. I really think, you know, if this script hit the blacklist, like never mind stayed on there for a few years, like there's no way this script as filled. Like, this is some of the worst dialogue we've had on this show. Like yeah. and we've watched some fucking shit on this show. And this is some of the worst dialogue we've had. There's no way this script hits the blacklist. There's, I genuinely believe there is a different version of this script out there somewhere that's yeah. that's really interesting. And I genuinely believe the core concept, how they told the story, I don't know, but I think the core concept was much closer to what we've been saying we want. I think there's a character yeah. study in here that's just a studio's got hold of and gone like, yeah, but Game of Thrones is really popular. Like, you know, maybe we should have a lot more medieval warfare in this. You know, and Twilight's really popular, so maybe it should be a little bit tortured and romantic. It's like, no, that's that's not what this should be. Because I remember thinking the bit where they he throws the coins all over the ground. Um, because there's this really interesting bit in like the vampire mythology that's not in actually Dracula because it predates Dracula. And the problem is, is when Dracula came out, this bit of the mythology was completely almost sort of like erased from the vampire consciousness. And I'm it's one of those things that I am absolutely desperate to see it in a vampire film at some point because I'm just like it's actually something that's really cool. And it's the it's the whole thing that like the vampires have got OCD. So one of the ways to defeat a vampire so that you can make an escape is to throw seeds or like lots of small things on the ground because the vampire cannot chase you until it's stopped and it's picked them all up because it's got the obsessive thing that it has to collect all of the items. And I did have this moment of like obviously they were silver coins and we've established the silver but when the coins were spit on the ground I was just like oh are we going to get into that are we going to get into the thing that he can't rescue his son because all of a sudden the compulsion gets him and he sat there like picking up all of this money as his son gets taken away because there's a really like interesting thing that you can do if that is and mm. obviously it didn't happen but I kind of feel like there's a script somewhere where that was a thing as well like the fact that you know possibly he was selling his services as well because obviously he was fighting for like a different people and you know the money that he's built his empire on has come from like the war and the bloodshed and so that's another thing as well that's kind of like working against him as a man and like one of these things that's kind of why when everyone turns on him and like the people turn on him they're so quick to turn on him because he's kind of seen as like selling his humanity for money for outsiders and that's something that you know I mean it's not in the film but it was just a like you watch these things and you start to sort of spin well why is that there that's a remnant from something else that's 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 an older draft of the script and they just haven't cleaned that bit away mm -hmm. so why was that there and what has that come from and does that something that could possibly make sense of something that's completely unmotivated that's happened earlier and just the whole the film is just riddled with all these little bits and you're just like there's there's something like I'm just seeing like the little bits of it's like when that woman painted over the Jesus painting with a really shit face and underneath <laughs> it there's a masterpiece of there's a masterpiece it's like you're looking at the shit face and you're just like somewhere underneath this there's a there's a there's an artist that is crying yeah I I, I think yeah. you're right I think that's why it, this film pisses me off so much because it is 
it is a genre that I I love. You know, I do love a good vampire film. Yeah. Um. So so I'm in from the word go anyway. And yeah, you're right. I think there is there is a lot of interesting stuff here that could happen and doesn't. So I feel like there's squandered potential. And you know, far from being bad, because like I say, the action sequences and stuff is is execute quite well. And as much as I take the piss out of it, the swarm of bats and stuff looks pretty good as well. And they actually use them in the choreography quite well as well. I think the costumes are good. The production design is good. They, there's good mm-hmm. stuff here, and they fucking should be with the budget it's got. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it ultimately, because they squander so much of it, just leaves me going, meh, like, what the fuck was that? And I think that's worse than it being bad, because at least if it was bad, yeah. I could take comedy value from it. And instead, yeah. what I just get is annoyed. I, it, ironically, it is the Game of Thrones effect. Um, you know, we've said that it, it seems to be wanted to ape Game of Thrones. It, it is that same effect as I get with Game of Thrones, where they get something so wrong that you just go, but, but look, you know how to do it. Why are you? Yeah. Why are you fucking this up? Um, and, and I think I hadn't even thought of that, but um, there's a really interesting concept there. I mean, with the whether it's the, the silver being spilled on the floor and his OCD has to pick them up, or whether it's you know they manage to get away with the kid over running water, or whether it's that he manages to get outside in the sunlight with the kid. There's a there's a real interesting gambit there, whereby you know this power that he's taken on in order to save his son is ultimately what costs him his son. And again, yeah. that's the kind of thing that can drive him mad and monstrous and set him off then on this quest for revenge against the Turks. Which again, then if you wanted to for the sequel. He's following that ancestral bloodline or whatever because he's gone on a centuries-long crusade of vengeance. There's an interesting story as well, you know, because he's fucked this up. That's on Vlad Tepes the man, not on Dracula the monster. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the yeah. interest lies, Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. you mean before you um, said uh, you started on that, but you, you made an interesting point about you know, the, the fact that you've you sort of responded to this film as being a bit of something and nothing for feeling a bit mad about it. The majority of the the critical response was that it's it's too good it's it's too big and too um it, no it's 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 not good enough to be noteworthy but it's not bad enough to be sort of laughable and sort of noteworthy in, in the opposite sense it just kind of sits in the middle where it's just a bit of fluff that doesn't really go anywhere and do anything and you just know i mean we we've we've seen quite no we've watched quite a lot of those with 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 this uh doing this show but we just don't you see it quite often anyway with with studio films that it's just um, it's just like a cookie cutter off and we go, okay, well, I don't know what it's supposed to be. So is it supposed to be a superhero film? Because that's kind of what it feels like. But we have a million of those every year. So it needs to be a little bit different. Is it a, is it a monster film? Not really, but it kind of is. Is it a, is it a character study? Is it, oh, well, kind of not, not really. And it's just like it, it tries to tick too many boxes and ends up not hitting not hitting any of them. Yeah. And I think for me, yeah. that's the biggest problem is that it doesn't, as we said earlier, it doesn't know what it wants to be. It doesn't know what... It doesn't know what story it's telling, so because of that, it doesn't know what beats it's hitting, and and it try as a result, it tries to hit too many, and it's not. It's like when you when you first get Guitar Hero and you're trying to play it on like a you know, legendary level, and you can barely hold the fucking guitar, and it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. I've got I've got fifty thousand notes a second to hit. Oh fuck, song's finished. Yeah, it's we made the analogy very early on. I think you brought it up, Mark. It it, it feels like monkeys with typewriters. It, it feels like filmmaking by yeah. committee. It feels like there's been way too many people involved and everybody's yeah. had their own idea and yeah. they've just all made it into the script instead of, as, as you mentioned, then Helen, somebody coming along and taking overall control and going, no, this is the story we're telling. And I'm, I'm sorry, but your idea just doesn't fit. Yeah. So maybe we'll repurpose it or or maybe we'll have to drop it all together. But it just doesn't fit the story that we want to tell. 
And it feels like nobody's done that. It feels like they've just gone, oh, that's cool. Let's do that. Yeah, that's cool. Let's do that. And it's like, look, if you if you want to do that, just make a fucking music video. Then you can be as cool as you want. And you can put all yeah. the flashy yeah. visuals on you want and all the dancing bats you want. Yeah. And you can probably still get Luke Evans to star in it, right? As long as you pay him enough, he's not going to care. So just make a fucking music video. But if you're going to take a stab at one of the most well-known characters in, in any form of of media i think whether you look at lit, you know the, the classic literature or whether you look at the umpteen film adaptations whether you even look at tv adaptations and things like that if you're going to take a stab at such a well of character you've got to bring something new because otherwise what is the point now they certainly did bring something new but they also completely missed the mark of the character, the the character. Yeah. yeah 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 but then yeah. but then this i think is also it's it's symptomatic of like a wider trend which is that for whatever reason like and it's true not just in like the modern films that we're watching but also in like literature and the tv shows and everything there is this almost like they everyone shies away from letting a villain be a villain mm. um and it's a case of oh no but they've got to be a tragic villain oh no they've got to be a misunderstood villain like yeah. one of the best things that you've that i've watched that i know mark the two because the two of us were talking about it constantly was hannibal because they weren't scared to let hannibal lecter be an absolute monster villain charming revel in it and that was why he was so compelling and it's like every other thing that you have you have these villains but but they always move away from it like even um you get it even in the the superhero films, which should be like super cut and dry villains. And it's a case of you have your villain. Oh, but they're misunderstood. And like, you know, four movies down the line, we're giving them a TV spin off where they're the hero. And it's like, yeah. I don't understand why everyone's why Hollywood and the, the authors and the writers are so scared of villains and actually like having a villain and letting the villain be a villain. Because do you know what? Like, heroes heroes are great and all but a hero is nothing without a compelling villain like villains are what you make your story villains are 100 percent what will sell your narrative and everything else and there is too much fixation on heroes and trying to make people heroic and it's a case of nah nah fuck that shit have a massively compelling villain invest in your villain make yeah. them a villain and then you'll find that actually your story will be so much stronger because everything has to fall into place around your villain mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. that's that's the problem and that's the problem with this is it's it's meant to be the story of the creation of a villain, but as you've said, this is it isn't. It's a hero's journey, and Charles Dance isn't isn't the villain because he just sits in his cave and is like, oh, 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 oh Chekhov's cave. Now I'm out and in the sunshine. Oh, 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 oh. And you know the Turks, they're not even like they're not even allowed to be villains. Like there's things that's implied, and if you know the history, you kind of know why he's so anti his son going. Um, but none of that's like explicit, and it's a case of it's a monster movie about one of the most notorious villains and there's no fucking villains in it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That, that is exactly what it is. This needs to be, like you said, this, this needs to be Hannibal then. This needs to be why this yeah. guy is the way he is and not excuse it. Yeah, this is just, it. this is the way this yeah. guy is. Um, again, yeah. you're talking about film, see Joker, for instance, as yeah. well. It's a Marmite film. Some love it, some hate it. I thought it was magnificent. And again, Taxi Driver, same thing doesn't shy away from it you understand why these people the way they are yeah. but they make no effort to say ah but actually they're wrong no they just oh, are there will they be are. blood yeah 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 there will be blood brilliant absolutely unrepentant to the end and do you know what i loved him for it 
Yeah, yeah. And and again on TV, you know, see particularly you mentioned superheroes. The first thing that sparked by me was that was the very first season of Daredevil, where where yeah. we got it was more about Fisk than it was about Daredevil. And again, we got under that character's skin and understood what made him tick, but he was still a fucking bad dude. They made no attempt to sort yeah. of to to excuse his actions. He's just a bad dude. We understand why he's doing what he's doing, but he's still going to do it anyway. You know, and that that's what this needed to be. Like Dracula has to do these things. We know he has to do them. He's just doing them for all the wrong reasons in this narrative and yeah. doing them in the wrong order. Uh, yeah. And that and that's what leaves this just feeling like a meh. You know, if you want if you wanted to make a medieval superhero movie, then do that and don't call it Dracula. Yes, call it whatever the fuck you want. You could that is a big issue with this film. You could make this exact film and call it anything else. Yeah. Right. And I'd I'd still have issues with it. Hmm. But I'm not going to be as disappointed as I am by the fact it's called Dracula and Toad. Yeah, and I, I think that's part of the issue is that when we've seen this a lot with um, with properties in general, is that people try to use the properties as a selling point. Yes, and and they just tack a name onto it. Oh yeah, well it'll it'll kind of shoehorn on, and people will read into it what we need them to. It'll be fine. And actually, you could you could have the same product and go right. Well, it's not Vlad Tepes, uh, and it's not Dracula. It's some it's some fucking random Eastern European night fight in the Turks. Yeah, done. Yeah, and that you're would gonna be call fine. it Tepish or something. Like actually yeah. name it after the historical yeah. guy that's because they they've drawn so much on the history. Just yeah. call it that and then have it and you know, and then it's the whole element of the mythology and everyone's headed against him. And you could then almost sort of downplay it like it's it's more sort of rumoured and is this true, is this not, or is this yeah. just part of the mythology that he's putting forward, like the propaganda against the rest of them, and then you can kind of get round it that way. And then it's a case of well, actually now you've got something that's really interesting because is he a hero or is he a villain? Because he is a real person and we've got these two conflicting accounts. Like if that's the story you wanted to tell, that would be the way to do it. And again, if you do that, if you flat out call it Tepish, you also have two things you can do there as well. You've got people like us who are going to go in with full knowledge of, of who Vlad Tepish was and what he inspired. And so, yeah, you're going to be looking for those little hints like is he or isn't he? And then you've got another crowd of people who go in not knowing this. And then so if you give us that entire film called Vlad or called Tepish and you get to the end and then he turns into a fucking vampire. Boom. Mic drop. Off you go. Yeah. And then the yeah. next film is Dracula. Yeah. Because yeah. there's going to be those of us that have been waiting for it all film. Again, a la Joker. There's going to be those of us that have been waiting all film that go, yep, round of applause. Well done. You pulled that off. And there's going to be people who have no fucking idea what's coming. And it's going to blow their mind. Yeah. But yeah. they don't do that either. So there are a million and one better versions of this story out there. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. A million and one better untold versions of this story. We've just hit on a load of them. Like, this shouldn't be fucking difficult. But unfortunately, what we get left with is just this piss poor script, these awful performances, dreadful CGI tongues, and it's just <laughs> meh. It's like meh. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think I probably know the answer to this, but um, I'll start with Helen. Is this better than Mario? Yes. Helen's default position. That's a, <laughs> I gotta make him a mission in life sorry, to find something like, that Helen <laughs> thinks is worse than Mario. I can tell you that there is actually a Dracula film that's worse than Mario, but it's not this one. It's Dracula Three Thousand, which is the one that, that. Was set in space. We nearly with did Coolio that. With the yeah, 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 yeah. We originally were going. We originally were going to do that, and then we hit upon this, and I remembered that neither yeah. Mark or I had seen it, and you kept saying what it was like. So we've like, we've got to do that and get Helen. <laughs> yeah, I think didn't did Ben recommend that one? Last we year? we have had that in as a suggestion. Yeah, so maybe we will. Maybe we'll look at that next Halloween. Yeah, um, maybe, but or, yeah, or if maybe. not, maybe before don't, that. Don't. 
It is, the, it is, today, it is the worst film I have ever seen in my life. Right, we have to do it. That's it. We have to do it. <laughs> and you've got to come on and rewatch it. Like, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. Yeah. Okay. So, Chris, okay. I'll, up to you. Um, yeah, this is, this is way worse than Mario for me. Um, look, Mario, um, I'd, my constant barometer on this show, if you put the two in front of me, which, which am I watching? I'm going to watch Mario 100 times out of 100, if you offer me this or Mario. Um, for all its faults, the Mario Brothers movie is wildly inventive in ways that this just wishes it was. And it, it also doesn't tell the story that it's supposed to, just like this doesn't. But at least they 100% commit to it, you know. And for that, if, if I just pretend the Super Mario Brothers movie isn't about Mario, then it's, I actually think it's a really good film. If I pretend this isn't about Dracula, it's still a mediocre superhero film. So yeah. for yeah, me, Mario's the better film. Yeah, um, I'm the same. I I don't know what I was expecting from this film, but whatever it was, I didn't fucking get it. <laughs> um, I I just came out. I, I I watched this on. I think it was Sunday night. Um, and uh, I I I came out of it thinking right. I not, even when we watch these films and they're fucking atrocious, I generally don't feel like I've wasted two hours. I, I don't get the chance to sit down in peace and quiet. The kids are you know, the kids are in bed. Sit down with a beer and a bucket of popcorn. I think, right, okay, I can I can watch a film. At this one, I wish I hadn't fucking bothered. It's that fucking bad. Um, so yeah, infinitely worse than Mario for me. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Actually, it's I, I think we've been quite lucky in that we've had a relatively good run of late on better than Mario. Like even the yeah. bad stuff we've watched has been entertainingly bad. It's been a yes. long time since we've watched something that's really fucked us both off that we've spent the 90 <laughs> minutes watching it. And I was exactly, I was, I was almost like protest watching this by the end. Yeah. I was like if in, in any other world, if I didn't have this podcast, I would have turned this fucking film off. Yeah. But even, even more so because I paid two fucking quid to rent it. Well, that should have set alarm bells ringing as well. It was one ninety nine for a four K Ultra HD version. I was like, hang on, like even killer sofas. Not just for my cinema, not just my cinema ticket. I also paid for Fiona's as well in the fucking West End. Ouch! I'd be fucking spitting feathers if I did. But as I said, I wanted to, but the more I thought about it, the more I was just like, yeah. But the title of the film told me it told me it's untold it's untold for a reason you're right you're so right because no, nobody to wants to fucking hear it that's the thing it's a story nobody's well, yeah, fucking there's interested a, in there's, does, there's a reason some things are left unsaid it does what it says on the tin you're right it is the exactly. untold story of dracula and i hope yeah. it remains that way yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um as always, we'd love to hear people's thoughts on this. I think it's fairly clear what ours are. Um, but yeah, um, get in touch. Let us know what you think uh, on Twitter at ddpodcastnet. You can go to our website, ddpodcast.net as well. We can listen to our previous episodes and other shows. Um, wherever you get your podcasts from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, whatever fucking order they go in. Neely. Yeah, damn it. Neely had it this week. Um, yeah, um, like, share, subscribe, leave some messages back as best we can. Helen, thank you very much for joining us and for recommending this film. We're not going to take another recommendation for, for you for a while, so it's going to take a while to forgive you for this one. We've just taken Dracula 3000 on board. Well, we'd already had that one, though. I, I feel it's unfair to say that I recommended this film because I always was just like, <laughs> it's bad. But also, for you That's to kind of our bad, you know what's good is if you actually use this instead because it makes a better film. Like, I didn't pretend it was a good film. <laughs> In fairness, no, you didn't. That's, yeah, it's a fair point. No. 
But yeah, so no. yes. Th- the one that I have said is us. a good film that I want to watch is The Velocipaster. So yes, there we are. That's on the list. Yeah. yeah. That's on the list. And when we get that one, we'll uh, we'll bring you back in. But thank you for joining us. Um but until next time. See you later.